Blog Talk Radio. Radio Nation, it is Friday, and you are tuned into page one, and from a going to soon be cold Chicago, I am LeVar, and I look towards the West Coast, and there's nobody here today. Yes, Mary's actually off today, so it's me flying solo here on this Friday afternoon. A lot going on, but um, we, uh, before I go any farther... Join us on our Twitter page at newscommentbtr. At newscommentbtr, you'll get my uh, witty remarks on news and stories, as it were, and you'll also get uh, a lot of up-to-date things on what's going on with our show, such as today, because normally we're with you at one o'clock central. Had a little bit of a delay, but we're here with you now, about thirty minutes later, so it's not that bad. Um, but a lot of stuff going on in the news and. You know, up until probably last night, Lance Armstrong was <laughs> was the focal point on the week, but I think something larger has taken over from that story. And, and I want to talk about it a little bit today. Unless you've been under a rock, you know the story involving uh, Notre Dame middle linebacker Manti Teo, who lost his grandmother uh, this year. And shortly after that, I think the same day, there was news that he lost his girlfriend. So we were told. Deadspin.com, the uh, website, came out um, last week with the story that this girlfriend did not exist. And that the story itself was uh, pretty much, or Manti, was either the victim of an elaborate hoax or we were hoaxed. And throughout that whole thing, uh, Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick, uh, he cited the documentary Catfish and trying to explain how Manti became the victim of a hoax, how he was duped into believing that his online girlfriend died during the 2012 college football season. And if you're not familiar with Catfish, popular show on MTV. Actually, I was turned on to watching it from a friend, um, friend and um, it was actually a film, and it stars Nev Shulman, who was the real-life victim of a catfish scam. 
Now, he wanted to make the documentary to show he was uh, sucked in by an Internet pretender or a catfish who built an elaborate fake life. And in Manti's case, there has been a lot of talk here as to whether this story is real or not, because for him, the scam was allegedly worse. Uh, Manti said during the season that his girlfriend, who went by the name of Lene Kakua, who we now know does not exist, died of leukemia in September on the same day that his grandmother died, triggering an outpouring of support for Teo at Notre Dame and at the national media. And Shulman, who has been on TV all throughout this week, and you got to think that this situation helps out his show immensely because now people will know what catfish is. And he said that, you know, if you're talking to a person online and you're talking uh, – uh, to has a series of family incidents. It's something to watch for. But it leads a lot of things up to online deception. Now, I want to give a quick update. Manti told friends today, uh, according to TMZ, that he knew the truth about Lene in early December, but continued to lie for 20 days for the sake of the team. Sources connected to Tao say that uh, it's true what Jack Swarbrick said on Wednesday night, that Manti realized he had been hoaxed on December 6th when he got a phone call from Lene months after he thought she was dead. But sources told TMZ that Manti didn't tell his coaches about the hoax until December 26th because he thought it would be a huge distraction when a team prepared to face Alabama in the BCS championship. We all know how that turned out for Notre Dame. And during those 20 days, they said that Manti struggled over how to handle the situation but eventually felt compelled to come clean to his coaches. Now, he's currently down in Florida training for the NFL Combine, and uh, according to a lot of sources down there, he's gotten a lot of support. I have a few issues and a few problems with what just happened there. And I know a lot of people, and I've seen quite a few of you in your feedback, uh, and now everybody's uh, tailing, which is pretty much taking a picture with your arm around no one. But I think it also leads to, well, I'm going to put this out in a few other things here. One, about online dating. There are a lot of people who don't believe in it, say that if they haven't seen somebody, there's no way you could be dating that, they found it hard to believe that he fell in love with this girl, that this was his girlfriend. There's bits and pieces to that where I'm not going to buy, especially uh, the link without actually having to see her. But I will have to buy the whole thing that online, no matter what we like in this Facebook, Twitter world, People do meet online. Now, I've actually known some people who have met online, gotten married. And um, while I don't personally always uh, bring about my life, that is actually, well, I haven't been married, but, you know, I've actually met someone online, a long-distance relationship, and it is, but I've seen the person. (laughs) Uh, But... The tough thing for me is that when you don't see somebody after a certain amount of time, it, they don't send you really like a current picture, something that's going on, or you haven't like even like you know. In, in this world now, you've got uh, any way possible to do 
video chatting, Skype, Kick, whatever, Tango, whatever you got. And for me, I guess it's tough for me to buy, and he might have been, and I'm I'm not pushing any blame out there, and I'm not saying that he knew, but my problem is when he knew. When he found out on December 6th, to me, that is the point where you tell somebody. To keep it a secret for 20 days, not say anything until after Christmas, and then try to continue on keeping this on, like nobody was going to find out. You're in the news, somebody's going to eventually ask. And I think it was selfish of him to keep it a secret even after he found out. Because people were still doing pieces on him leading up to the NFL draft, I'm sure, about this dead girlfriend situation. It made him look a lot more uh, human and vulnerable at the same time. And for him to keep this story, not correct anybody, not say, hey, I was the victim of a hoax. If he had come out with this before the dead spin story, I think it wouldn't be as bad as it is right now. And the fact that he's keeping it still a secret by not saying anything or doing any interviews, it makes it worse. So if you're man Titeo, if I'm his agent at this point, I would pretty much say, hey, you want to do a press conference, get people together, tell them what you know. And I think a part of it, too, is pride and ego. For a guy who does an online relationship, when people do online relationships, and, I, and if you've seen Catfish, you see the ridicule that they go through with their friends. Because here, you meet someone online who you seem to click off with, have a lot of things going on with, and for a lot of people who are skeptical, they don't believe in such things, thinks it's silly, waste of time. And for other people, especially for the ones that, and I don't want you know the whole online situation thing, while a good chunk of it is dangerous, there are some stories that come out in which things go well. Of course, on the Catfish TV show, nothing ever turns out well. I'd love to see where something turns out actually what it was. But for Manti, I don't think this situation is going to get any better unless he says something. And the fact that he kept it a secret for that long, that's trouble enough. But I don't know. Where do you guys feel on the relationship of uh, long-distance relationship, first of all? And then if how much time do you give it before you have to see that person or what it looks like in order to continue it? It's just a question posed out there to you, so you can leave us your comments either on our Facebook page or on our Twitter page. Then there was another story this week, uh, getting out of the Manti tail thing, um, where last week before we left, I went off on a two-minute rant about the wonderful reality show All My Baby's Mamas. I'm not sure if it was uh, my impassioned plea. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the responsibility for that. Or if it was the uh, many people that wrote in. But All My Baby's Mamas has been pruned from the family tree by the Oxygen Network. Oxygen has decided to cancel the controversial reality program ahead of its scheduled premiere amid protests saying that the one-hour special would reinforce stereotypes about black men. According to an Oxygen spokesperson, they told the rap.com in a statement on Tuesday that, quote, as part of our uh, development process, we have reviewed casting and decided not to move forward with the special. We will continue to develop compelling content that resonates with our young female viewers and drives the cultural conversation. I'm not sure in which way that would have done that. The special, which was being developed by Oxygen for a spring premiere, generated widespread anger due to reports that it would have followed rapper Shorty Lowe 
as he tends to his family, which includes 11 children from 10 different women. Now, in actuality, Shorty Lowe and his family were among a number of families that were being considered for the show. Colorofchange.org, which collected more than 40,000 signatures for an online petition to have the show shelved, cheered Oxygen's decision to deep-six the program. And it was far from the only group to take issue with the show. The Parents Television Council uh, also uh, had expressed their displeasure. I'm just amazed that this show even made it past the initial stages. I'm not sure who said that it probably would have been the best thing to put on TV. I, you know, there are a ton of reality shows out there right about now dealing with everything. I think I've seen, you know, everything from uh, uh, gypsies in America and. I've seen Honey Boo Boo and the Kardashians and all the ten shows that they've got. And then you've seen one with Joe Jonas. You've seen one with a bunch of B-list stars, A-list people, whoever, whatever. But to go to that, it, it, uh, I'm highly surprised that a show like that, that they did not think that it was going to get a lot of controversy in putting that show on. But sadly, it is not the last. And actually, there's another show I was actually pretty mad about that I did not talk about last week. And I understand it's a business, and I understand that it's a unique business, but I'm not sure if a lot of you saw um, it was a show on the Learning Channel that was actually based off of a funeral home in Dallas. And I kid you not, on that show, uh, it dealt with people who wanted different home goings or uh, really, you know, in the black community, and I know a lot of you probably saw it, funerals aren't more attended as funerals, they're attended more as home goings because they're going home. Um, and it's a celebration of life. Far different probably from the traditional funeral scene where there's you know, a lot of crying, a lot of pomp and circumstance, but a home going uh, pretty much is a lot of song, uh, something to kind of pick the spirits up of the people who are still here, to remember the life of the person who is gone. But this show, <laughs> you know, we, we, we kind of label some things a hot mess. This pretty much was. There was one instance where there was somebody who uh, had wrote the theme music for Chili's Baby Back Ribs, and they were pretty much their coffin or whatever they were in was pretty much a uh, makeshift barbecue pit. And the people during the funeral came and dipped the rib in the sauce. They had live pigs and they had everything else. If it was not TV that was, I guess, how do I want to put this? I think I was more embarrassed than anything to see something like that. I don't know how it made it, and I know that there is talk that if it uh, got high ratings that it would be possibly a series. I hope not. I think now we've reached the bottom of the barrel when it comes to a lot of reality TV. But, yeah, we definitely did not need to see the likes of Shorty Lowe and 11 kids by 10 different women. Not the right time. There's a new Internet phenomenon going on, and then yet another bizarre college uh, student mini-trend Female students at schools across the country are showing off their uh, school pride, <coughs> more so their cleavage. 
with the hopes that their athletic teams will win. That all this comes from the Huffington Post that it, it all started in Kansas. The University of Kansas Jayhawks fan identified as Tiffany uh, by KCTV Five took a shot of her breast covered by her Jayhawk shirt and added the hashtag KU boobs to her tweet, hoping to quote give a little boost to a struggling team. Now, according to KUBoobs.com, this all came about on a Saturday afternoon in a sports cathedral known as Allen Fieldhouse. Our beloved Kansas Jayhawks were facing certain defeat from the evil Missouri Tigers in a final battle for supremacy. Thousands of Jayhawk faithful watched helplessly as the border ruffians from Missouri sought to privilege and disgrace our beautiful cathedral. Far above the Golden Valley, glorious to view, one woman had enough. She channeled the power inherent in all true Jayhawks fans to resurrect the Jayhawks from a 19-point deficit to a stunning one-point victory. That power was KU boobs. Now, that online phenomenon has swept across Jayhawk Nation like a Kansas gill and carried the Jayhawks to the Final Four in New Orleans. Now, the, KU, the at KU boobs Twitter account has more than 19,000 followers, more than 11,528 people like KU boobs on Facebook, and over 5,000 people are talking about it on the site. There's now even an at KU boobs official, which seems somehow less official. It's a full-blown boob net. Now, according to Kansas City Star, um, a Nashville-based author with over 66,000 Twitter followers was an early follower, deeming it genius. In a matter of hours, schools with similar accounts were being retweeted. Florida has one, Alabama, Auburn, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and probably a few more as of right now. So, yes, if your kids are actually out at college right now, <laughs> if you're looking to find out what they're doing, you probably don't want to go to that web page to find out. <laughs> just an option. Just to mention to uh, most of you here, if you are just tuning in, you're tuned into page one. I'm LeVar, flying solo for this Friday. Mary's actually off this week. I think I think we talked about last week where she's going. She's actually somewhere where I actually want to be. And um, she is actually attending... Uh, the AVN convention out in Las Vegas this weekend. So I know quite a few of the ladies have been on here as guests. Uh, quite a few, uh, like I said, will be out there this weekend. So if you're out in Vegas, the AVN is going on this weekend out that way. Um, stop by if you probably see Mary somewhere around there. Say hi to her. Uh, she'll be around. And uh, actually, too, go to our official webpage at newscommentbtr.wix.com find out more on our shows. And finally today, finally, I know 10 minutes left and we got to finally. So you can tell this is going to be an early end to today. <laughs> the journalism industry isn't known for the big bucks, and often young writers seek work on the side ranging from freelance jobs to exotic dancing as a supplement to their measly income. One former society journalist, Sarah Tressler, lived a double life during the latter, raking in around $2,000 a night. But last March, Tressler was stripped, get it, stripped, stripped of her reporting gig at the Houston Chronicle after her competitors, the Houston Press, exposed her secret identity. But now the angry stripper has some great news. She just landed a new job at the San Antonio Express News as a breaking news reporter. This according to the Houston Press. Editor Mike Leary told the Houston Press via email that Tressler is the newest member of the paper's GO team, which covers breaking news, 
primarily for our website. While moonlighting as an exotic dancer and riding under the pseudonym The Angry Stripper, Tressler detailed the sordid details of her nighttime clients, including an anecdote about oral sex from actor Jeremy Piven while studying for her master's in journalism at NYU. This according to the Gawker. Now, her bare-all style earned her a book deal and a national tour. Now, she's not alone. She's among a, a slew of professionals with sexed-up double lives. If you remember the story, Stacey Hallis, a California middle school teacher, was fired for her porn star past, and she was recently offered a new job, too. Dennis Hoff of Nevada's infamous Nevada brothel, the Moonlight Brunning Ranch, is interested in hiring her. Yeah, I got to tell you. <laughs> I think I'm on a two-minute rant, but... It's amazing how many people get second chances at doing some things, but um, there are a lot of people out there who are still looking for that second chance and never find it. So I guess it is true that uh, looks can be everything. Maybe she has. I'm not doubting her skill, but it's something that when you get caught like that, everyone wants to now have a piece of you. But it's amazing. So... um, yeah, <laughs> it is always an amazing thing. But uh, like I said, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, we are a few shows into the new year here on page one. We are always here Monday through Friday, not at this time, but at 1 o'clock Central, 2 p.m. Eastern. And uh, we can't thank you enough for listening. And so this week you're actually going to get a rare treat. You're actually probably going to hear a little bit more of our page one theme, which I actually like. I hope you guys like it too. And like I said, your comments and suggestions, feedback, always welcome over at our page on uh, at News Comment BTR on Twitter or on our Facebook page if you find us over there using Comment Network Blog Talk Radio. So until next we meet and until next week when Mary will be back, I am LeVar. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you later. Bye.